Hello, welcome to the No Content Podcast. My name is Benjamin Pace, and this is the sound that a duck makes. We have no contempt for ducks on this podcast. Hey there, welcome to the No Content Podcast. My name is Benjamin Pace. I appreciate you clicking play today. I have fun doing these things. I get so much revelation just while I'm doing them and while I'm talking. And it's almost gotten to the point that like I look forward to making the next one. And I think really that's how you know you're you're doing the right thing and, and you're doing what you're passionate about is when you, you look forward to doing it. I mean, if you're if you're always dreading doing things, if you're always dreading having to do it again and it's a drag to you and it's a burden to you and it's like, oh, we got to do this again kind of thing. Like, and I understand that, you know, in the natural and and the, the human flesh part of us can get tired and weary no matter what. Um, and it's always that way, but, but really when, when you're following the grace on your life, there should be an excitement, there should be a joy, and we should look forward uh, to doing what we're called to do. Now, we always have things that are not fun to do all the time, and especially if you're if you're working a job or, or maybe you're serving a church or, or something else like that, there's always going to be moments where you got to do stuff your flesh doesn't want to do, and, and you've got to plow ground, and, and so to speak, and you've got to, to press through, and, and it's not always fun. Uh, I understand that, but but really, the thing that that you're called to do, the the grace that's on your life, you know, Jesus said, "My yoke is easy and my burden is light," and uh, you know, uh, we're not supposed to always be drudging through life and dragging through life and and always, oh, got to go back to the old grind and and that kind of thing. And and man, if if that's how it is for you, and even at your job or things like that, man, it. Maybe maybe take a look at that and say, hey, am I really where I'm supposed to be doing? I'm supposed to be doing. Like I said, not that it's always easy or always fun, um, but there should be a grace. There should be a, a, a an energy to do it uh, because God's faithful. He said He would empower us to do what we're called to do. And uh, and I'm not trying to paint a picture that that the Christian life is just an easy peasy, you know, no challenges, no problems. That's not what I mean at all. There are tons of challenges. The Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous, uh, but He delivers them out of them all. But uh, what I'm just kind of just talking about real quick is just there's there should be a grace. Uh, to do what you're you're doing, there should be a peace, and there should be. Uh, the Bible says, "Those who wait on the Lord renew their strength." And so, even if you if you gave everything you had one day, um, you know, if you'll wait on Him, if you'll get with Him, man, He'll He'll fill you back up. And if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, um, He'll give you more grace and fill you back up for the next day and to go at it again. And uh, Romans eight twenty eight says he makes all things work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purposes. And that's not struggle. That's not stress. That's actually a picture of of things happening smoothly and, and in a in a manner that is not a burden and is not a stress. Uh, because First John five says that his commandments are not burdensome. Anyway, so I don't know why I said that, but just wanted to kind of touch on that in the beginning. 
Uh, I enjoy doing these podcasts. Is my point. I, I have fun doing them. They're they're not a drag to me. I, I I look forward to doing the next one. In fact, I've got so many recorded. I, I probably have podcasts recorded all the way up to the end of the year, honestly. And and I have some those ones planned out after that. And and you know, and and sometimes I'll do one impromptu and things like that. Uh, but I just enjoy doing this. And I think the more I enjoy doing it potentially more people will enjoy listening to it. Because if you're not having fun, you know, the people listening probably aren't having too much fun either. I heard a preacher say it like this. If if me preparing my message puts me to sleep, then I, I shouldn't be surprised when it puts other people to sleep. So anyway, uh, today, today is, is a important podcast. This is something I've been sitting on for quite some time. Um, I've been, I've been waiting to release this podcast. I've been waiting to record this podcast, uh, cause I really just wanted it to be the right time, but it's been something that's been on my heart for, for a very long time. And, uh, probably since the beginning, almost the beginning of the year, honestly, since I started doing the podcast, which was back in, uh, I think March, if I'm not mistaken is when I started kind of right at the heels of the pandemic and all that. And, uh, and I'm sure I wasn't the only person that started a podcast during the pandemic, but, um, you know, that was a, that was a good season. That was a good season for podcasts. But, uh, but this episode is called civil war and, oh man, um, I want to talk about some pretty intense stuff today and important stuff. Uh, This podcast, if you're listening to it is releasing on November 2nd which is a day, <laughs> a day before the 2020 presidential elections. My goodness. Whew. Um, man, this, this, these have been spicy. This, this has been a spicy year for politics. This has been uh, interesting. Um, you know, we've had mild years, we've had medium years, but this is the, this is the spicy, this is like the green salsa that you get at those, you know, Mexican restaurant food truck things that it's like off the wall and it's like really spicy. It's like, are you sure you want this kind of, kind of spicy? That's, this has been like a green salsa kind of year, I feel like. But, um, man, I want to talk about, uh, civil war and what I feel like I've seen happening in the country and more specifically in the church. And how important it is that we address this and and deal with this. And and like I said, this is coming out on November 2nd. So uh, if you're listening to this, that means tomorrow is the presidential election. By the way, go out and vote. Um, That's important to go out and do that. Um, But... uh, So I don't know who's... who How that's going to turn out. And, and, you know, uh, this is... I'm recording this back in October, honestly... And, uh, like I said, I record things way ahead of time. Um, but, uh, we will see, I guess I want to talk about division in the body of Christ and and one of the issues I've seen with that. And I'm going to start by telling this story. One time I was, um, at my house and it seemed like two or three of my family members had been in like this discussion that escalated to a heated discussion that turned into pretty much an all out like argument. And, 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 you know, I I love my family on both sides. Um, but, um, you know, I, I've had a history in my family of strife and, and just even, I, I have some earlier memories of being a little kid and being playing, playing in the other room with my cousin (laughs) 
And while my, my whole family on like cousins, all these people got together in the kitchen, not to watch the football game, not to, not to have a barbecue, but just to fight, <laughs> like just to, just to have it out. Just, I mean, cussing, spitting, just screaming, you know, no, no fist fighting that I saw. Thankfully, nobody got hurt. But man, we, I don't, and I have no idea what it was about. I don't know if they could even tell you what it was about. Um, and I'm not trying to talk bad about anybody. This is just, you know, this is just what I grew up with. Um, you know, is family members fighting and, and division and, and uh, offense. And, and even as a little child, just being around that. And, and you know, I, I didn't understand it. I didn't know what was going on. I wanted to play in the other room with my cousin. But I, I just saw this strife and this, and this division, this anger just kind of consume everybody. And, and there were offenses that lasted for years and, and things like that. And, and like I said, I'm not interested in, in talking bad about anybody or making anybody sound bad or, or anything like that. Uh, there's a lot of people that have dealt with that, probably more so than would, would even want to admit it. Um, but, you know, strife is, is the manifested presence of, of Satan and, and of hell. And, and you know that if you've ever been in intense strife, um, strife and division, screaming, chaos, violence. It's, it's just hell. It's horrible. Um, but when people are in unity and in, in peace, man, that's like heaven. That's a taste of heaven on earth. When, when things are peaceful and, and people are of one mind and of one heart and in agreement, that's, that's a taste of heaven on earth. And that's the will of God. But anyway, uh, I, I was at my house. I was probably about, oh, I don't know, 18, 19, 20, maybe something like that. And, and there was just a heated discussion happening, and uh, I, I decided to walk outside, and I said, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for engaging in that. And, and like I said, you know, it takes more than one person to, to have strife. Um, you have to engage in it in order to have strife with somebody, and I, I was just as guilty. I was engaging in it, too. And that's why I went outside, and I was like, Lord, I'm so sorry. I repent of that. I, I engaged in that strife. I shouldn't have. Uh, Father, what's going on? Why are we dealing with this strife? And it's funny to me how the Lord talks to us sometimes. It's like, you know, uh, (laughs) this song started playing in my mind. And it was not a Christian song at all. It was a song from my past, from like my teenage years. And it was this punk rock song. And it started playing in my mind. And uh, like it was this song I used to listen to a lot. And uh, well, it was a, a song called Know Your Enemy. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, this song just started playing in my mind. Now, I will say this. I am not in any way trying to promote... Uh, <laughs> the, the, um, moral or, or even political, um, um, viewpoints of millennial punk rock, uh, or of that band. Um, you know, I thought it was just as strange that you probably think that I played that on this podcast. <laughs> um, I thought it was strange that that, that was the song that was coming to my mind. And yet that just started going through my mind. Do you know your enemy? Do you know the enemy? You got to know the enemy. Do you know your enemy? And, and let me, let me just say this. Um, I feel like America and, and even the body of Christ is really suffering from not knowing their enemy. Uh, they're really suffering from not having an understanding of who our real enemy is. And, and we have 
turned on each other in so many ways. We have fought each other. We have blamed this person. We have blamed that person. And all the while, not knowing the real enemy. I want to read this scripture to you to start today. In Ephesians six twelve, in the Passion Translation, it says this, Your hand-to-hand combat is not with human beings, but with the highest principalities and authorities operating in rebellion under the heavenly realms. For they are a powerful class of demon gods and evil spirits that hold this dark world in bondage. Now, I mentioned this before. I did a podcast uh, a while back about Halloween, and I just touched on some things about spiritual reality and demons and and, and why we should be aware of demons. And, uh, well, um, one of the things I, I didn't say in there that I wish I would have said is that, you know, uh, Halloween makes demons look big and scary and all this stuff and, and just kind of blown out of proportion. And, 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 and I believe the reality is the Bible says Satan comes as an angel of light. And, and he doesn't want to come in such a way that you know it's him. He wants to be sneaky. He wants to come in in a, in a subtle and divisive way and in a way that you'll let him in. You're not going to let a big scary demon into your house. But but you you would let uh, an angel of light into your house if you thought it was it was a good guy if you thought it was a good thing or even a good cause oh boy um, Satan comes in as an angel of light and, and his fruit is seen in the division that he causes the strife that he causes the chaos that he causes when he comes in I'm gonna do some podcasts getting into more about spiritual reality and things like that um, but just to f- suffice it to say. Um, demons are real, evil spirits are real, and we know that as Christians because the Bible says they're real. Listen, if the Bible says our warfare is against evil spirits, then our warfare is against evil spirits. <laughs> and if you have a problem with that, if you don't like that kind of stuff, well, okay, that's just what it says. So anyway, I want to talk today about a movie, and uh, I haven't done this in a little while. But, uh, well, if you've listened to this podcast, you know that I, I, I like my movie examples. And don't, don't touch my movie examples. Don't try to take away my movie examples because I like my movie examples. You know? So, uh, I want to talk to you today about a movie. Excuse me, I'm going to sip my coffee real quick. Called Civil War. Captain America. Civil War, that is. And, uh, man, if you've seen this movie, you, uh... You can identify with this this example, but in this movie, um, you have the Avengers, and, and the Avengers are you know they're a team and they're fighting evil. They're they are defending the world, and uh, but something happens in this movie, and uh, they begin to start out lightly opposing each other in politics. Uh oh. <laughs> In, in a political thing, in a political, should we do this or should we not do this? They, they begin to have a political disagreement. And this political disagreement turns into strong disagreement. And then it turns into them going their separate ways. And then it turns into an all-out fugitive fight, battle, runaway, big mess that leaves an airplane broken and exploded and friendships even more messed up than they were before. Now I know it's a movie, but I'm using this as an example. 
And uh, it all culminates to the very end when Tony finds out that Bucky, as the Winter Soldier, was the one who killed his family, his mom and his dad. And in that moment of rage and emotion, uh, Tony stopped listening to reason. And instead, all he wanted to do was just kill Bucky and get revenge. Kind of like the Black Panther, who also thought that Bucky was responsible for the death of his father. There's a lot of emotion. There's a lot of rage. There's a lot of vengeance. And it's fueling this civil war. It's fueling this fight, this battle that's going on. And the whole time, there is an unseen enemy behind the scenes pulling all the strings. And it's not till the very end that they find out that this was an unseen enemy. And I don't know if you followed the MCU in that series, but it's so interesting to me that that Civil War, those events take place right before Infinity War. And the Avengers were split. They were, they were in division. They were not a team anymore. Right before they fought the biggest battle of their career as superheroes. Right before the biggest fight came is when they were divided and weak. You know, Jesus said a house divided against itself cannot stand. And it's just like Satan to try so hard to divide Christians and divide the body of Christ potentially before the biggest battle and the biggest time of, of importance to the body of Christ. In a time that I believe that we are closer to the, the second coming of Christ than we've ever been. And there's so much division in the world. There's so much strife. And, and listen, let me go ahead and say this. Um, America's in a fight. And that's the truth. There's a lot of division. There's a lot of strife. We have literally seen this country uh, on the brink of civil war. People, uh, violence in the streets, cars being burned down, protests, things like that. And, and whatever your feelings are about those things, um, you know, we've seen a lot of crazy stuff happen that we never thought we'd see happen. Um, we've seen we've seen people um, try to stand up for racial injustice, and other people uh, take advantage of of those opportunities uh, to push their own agendas and take advantage of people's emotion, much like the the enemy in Civil War did of Tony Stark. And I know that's a movie, but it's a good example. And uh, we've seen other people get defensive and say, oh, that's just a bunch of junk and you shouldn't be saying that and you just need to be quiet and and not want to listen to the other side, not want to acknowledge uh, what people have gone through and dealt with, not want to hear them out, not want to validate them, not want to do that. And and you just see both sides just in this fight. And the truth is, um, in the world, we can't stop that. Now, 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 we can take authority over spiritual influences to a certain extent as believers. I'm going to do a whole podcast on the authority of the believer. Um, but Paul did that. Paul took authority over evil spirits. And But, you know, Paul didn't always do that. And you can't control people. There are times Paul preached the gospel and people rioted and, and, and beat him and did all these crazy things. And, and he didn't take authority over that because I don't believe that he could. And, and we can't always... I know that may be a foreign concept, taking authority over it. I need to do another podcast to kind of set that up in understanding our authority as believers and, and, and what that means over, over the principalities of the air. But, you know, the Bible said the first verse we read was that we, ha- we are, have a combat with, 
with those principalities. So there's a war going on there. We have authority. But suffice it to say this. I know that's the second time I've said suffice it to say this, and I'm trying not to repeat phrases, but it happens anyway, so I'm sorry. But uh, in the in the world, we can't necessarily stop the division. Listen, social reform is not going to stop racism. I don't care what you think. Uh, it's just not. You can change presidents five times. You can change politicians five times. Racism, prejudice, that happens in the heart of man. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't things we can do to help uh, fight the way that may have infiltrated the justice system and things like that. That's a whole nother topic um, that I, quite frankly, don't know a lot about. I'm not a politician. I don't know a lot about politics, and I could not tell you one way or the other about that, so I'm not going to try. I don't know enough about that. Um, but some people know more about that than I do, but I do know about this. We have got to have unity in the body of Christ, whether there's unity in the world or not, whether people ever figure things out in the world or not, we have got to have unity in the body of Christ. And we've got to be the example of the world of unity. We're not supposed to be one with the world. We're supposed to be one with each other. And you know, people are like, well, we all just need to get along. We all just need to be one big, happy family. Listen, we are not one big happy family. I'm sorry to break it to you. We are not. Um, you, we, we, in the body of Christ, we love God. We follow the ways of God. We follow the word of God. We love Jesus. We preach the gospel. And there are just so many people who hate that, who hate Jesus, who hate God, who hate the things of God, who hate his character, who hate his morals, who hate all that stuff. And they don't want anything to do with that. And we can't be in, we can't be in unity with those people. We can love them. Bible says, pray for your enemies and, and, and bless those who persecute you. But we can't be in unity with them. It's just not going to happen. The Bible says that friendship with the world is enmity against God. Now we should love them and pray for them and, and do whatever it takes to reach people with the gospel who are willing to hear it. But we can't be in unity with the rest of the world. We're not one big happy family. It's just not true. Jesus told the Pharisees, you are of your father the devil and the works of your father you will do. We've got to renew our mind about some stuff. I'm not going to get too far into this, but, um, you know, as far as the racism thing and how it's infiltrated the church... You know, I've seen ministers attack each other. I've seen I've seen African American ministers attack Caucasian ministers. I've seen Caucasian ministers attack African American ministers. I've seen this division, this strife, and we've allowed these things that are happening in the world to come into the church and cause division. Well, and there's a lot of reasons for that. Some of it is because of that that emotion and that pain and, and, and that uh, accusation that's come from that. And the other side has been this defensiveness and this and this pride of lack of wanting to even talk about it and not wanting to acknowledge things and things like that. And racism is evil and it has no place in the body of Christ. But let me just say this to you. Um, your people are not those who have your same skin tone. Your people, if you are a believer, if you are a Christian, your people are the people of God in the body of Christ, no matter what their skin color is. And we need to renew our minds about that. We are one body, we are one faith, and there's coming a time when all these things of the world are going to be done away with, and we're going to be one body in heaven in the presence of God, and, and skin color won't matter. We, we are one people. We are the people of God. This is your people if you are a Christian, and a lot of people don't think like that. In the body of Christ, we don't think like that. 
we emphasize skin color. And that's wrong in one way or the other because God created us all diverse. He created us the way he created us for a reason, but we cannot have this division. We cannot have this accusation and defensiveness that that is continuing this butting of heads rather than being in unity with each other. And, And there is fault on both sides. There is blame on both sides. And no, no one should, should be the person who's, who says, oh, no, 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 I, I don't, you know, I don't want to talk about that. And, and, and we also, on the other side, nobody should play the victim. Because the truth is, in Christ, we are one body, we are one people. And listen, there's a, I'm going to go ahead and say this. I mentioned that, you know, like the Avengers, they, they were divided right before one of their biggest battles. I, I believe there could very well be a time coming when, when Christians experience a higher level of persecution, not because of the skin color or not because of their, their ethnicity, but because of their faith. And we need to realize that as a body of believers, we need to be in unity that just like in the book of Acts, when persecution comes, it's not going to come based on skin color. It'll come based on our faith. And Jesus said there would be persecution that comes. And we've got to come back to a mindset of that we are one body in him. Now, I'm not, don't misunderstand me. I'm not discounting the need to address uh, racial, racial injustice. I'm not discounting the right to protest. I'm not discounting any of that stuff. I love Martin Luther King Jr. I love what he did. He was used of God. I love every one of my African-American brothers and sisters and I acknowledge them and I validate them. And I'm uh, the Bible says love does not rejoice at injustice. And, and anything that's been wrong, it should be brought to justice. It should be made right. But we have got to guard against division in the body of Christ. We have to make sure that we don't allow Satan to get a foothold in our lives and in our churches through this and through the spirit of division. All right, I'm going to move on now. I'm already 30 minutes in. The next thing I want to talk about is in the body of Christ, denominations and camps. Man, this has been a thing. Uh, There's probably more prejudice in the body of Christ over denominational differences than there have been anything else. And you've got your word of faith camp. You've got the Baptists. You've got, you know, Catholic. Some people don't even acknowledge that Catholics are a part of the body of Christ. You know, uh, you've got all these different things. And there's been so much division. There's been so much distortion and so much we don't associate with them and we don't associate with them. And it's happened on all sides. And I'm so curious when these denominations got started because in the book of Acts, there was just one church. There was just one church and they, and they all were in unity. They had all things in common, the Bible says. And one of the last things that Jesus prayed, I'm going to read this in a second, was that we would be one as he and the Father are one. Uh, this division, this slander of, of you have people on YouTube who are, are slandering these ministries and, and slandering this person and exposing them and saying they're a false prophet and they're this and they're that. And then, and then you have, you know, people who attack, you know, big ministers and then you have, 
other people who who attack other people just because they're a different denomination, regardless of the size of their church. And, and then you have you know Baptists say we don't associate with those those word of faith name and claim it prosperity preachers. And then you have word of faith people who say, well, those Baptist people don't flow in the full gospel and they don't flow in the spirit like we do. And and we don't even you know we're not going over to those tradition religious churches. And the truth is, uh, religion and tradition can infiltrate any church. Um, and, and, and every part of the body of Christ has an important part. Now, now we should never let go our, our uh, despise uh, revelation uh, that God has given us from one thing or the other. Um, but we really got to get rid of this denomination camp mindset. Uh, Jesus, or I'm sorry, Paul said, we should not say, I'm of Paul, I'm of Apollos, I'm of this person. He says, all the gifts are yours. We are one body in him. And we shouldn't be afraid to say that. There's so many camps, so many denominations that despise each other and despise their ways and talk bad about each other. And listen, I'm telling you, that's got to stop. It's it's getting to a point where we've got to come back into unity in the body of Christ. In John 17, 23, it says this, You live fully in me, and now I live fully in them, so that they will experience perfect unity and the world will be convinced that you have sent me, for they will see that you love each one of them with the same passionate love that you have for me. So the Bible says that the world will be convinced or convicted because we're in perfect unity. We wonder why, why are we seeing more you know, salvations? Why aren't we seeing more of this and that? Why aren't we seeing more revival? I believe this is one of the biggest reasons right here that we're not in perfect unity yet. We're in division. We're talking bad about each other. We're slandering each other. We're saying this. We're saying that. You, you have ministers standing up and, and, and condemning women preachers. You have other ministers standing up and condemning prosperity preachers. You have other preachers standing up and, and, and condemning this worship group and this thing and this, that. And listen, it's one thing to address a wrong doctrine. It's another thing to slander a person or slander a ministry. Because what you don't realize is that when you slander somebody based on one or two things you don't agree with, you are discrediting that person's whole ministry to somebody who could and should be receiving something good from them. And uh, it's important, uh, you know, God honors those who honor him. And uh, when we're told to test the spirits in 1 John 4, it, it says we test it by whether or not they confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, not whether or not they wear skinny jeans on stage or whether or not they have a triangle in the background of their worship set, or not based on whether or not they still sing old hymns and wear suits. And you don't like that because you think that's not relevant anymore. You, you don't that's not what we test the spirits based on, people. We test it based on whether or not they confess Jesus Christ. And that's the, the, that's the, the thing we're given to test, the spirit operating through somebody. Because an evil spirit doesn't confess that Jesus is Lord. And there's a lot of things that could be addressed. There's a lot of things that could be wrong, that, that this needs to be corrected and that needs to be corrected and, and you're getting off and, and this is wrong. And that's true. There are people who are calling those things out and there is a time to address those things, but slander is not the way to do it. Slandering somebody's name, ruining their reputation, hurting their reputation, hurting their name, that is not doing that. And while we're on that subject, uh, we shouldn't be doing that of our leaders, we shouldn't be doing that of our president. We shouldn't be doing that of 
of his opponents. We shouldn't be doing that of the people that we don't like. It's one thing to call out the truth and know the facts about who you're voting for, um, but we should not be name-calling and, and criticizing and, and judging and calling fire down upon people. We should be praying for all of our leaders. We should be saying, God, if they're doing wrong, give them a chance to do right praying for repentance. And you can always judge a wrong spirit when, when it's it's this biting, devouring, and on both sides, this biting, devouring thing that is that is coming against and slandering. Now there's a thing, there's a time to call some things out that need to be called out. But but this name calling, this this slandering, this making fun of, this mocking spirit, that's not the spirit of God. It never is the spirit of God. Because he said in his word not to speak evil of the ruler of your people. All right, I'm going to move on now. In Psalm 133, verse 1 through 3, it says this, How truly wonderful and delightful to see brothers and sisters living together in sweet unity. It's as precious as the sacred scented oil flowing from the head of the high priest Aaron, dripping down upon his beard and running all the way down to the hem of his priestly robes. This heavenly harmony can be compared to the dew dripping down from the skies upon Mount Hermon, refreshing the mountain slopes of Israel. For from this realm of sweet harmony, God will release his eternal blessing, the promise of life forever. If we want the blessing in our lives, we have got to come into a place of perfect unity again. The book of Acts, they had this, and they saw some miracles you know, uh, Paul talked about, I believe it's in 1 Corinthians 11, if I'm not mistaken, how there are many who are weak and sick because we're not discerning the body. I, I believe a, a partial meaning of that is because there are parts of the body of Christ despising each other, it's leaving weakness and sickness. That There are people, I've wondered, Lord, why are they still, they've been believing for healing, they've been believing for healing, why are they still not healed? Why are they still not healed? I know it's your will for them to be healed. Why are they not healed? Why are they not healed? And yet, I see this so much in the body of Christ, this division, this slander, this this lack of unity. And whenever there's a riff, there's something cut off, there's an anointing that can't flow. Well, I, I, I fully believe that there are some people who despise certain ministers and certain ministries that are struggling in areas that if they would stop judging those ministers and actually connect with that those very ministries, there's an anointing there that would flow to them that would help them in those areas of their life. But they're being cut off from help that they need because they're despising the body. They're despising a part of the body. Now, that's not saying that a minister or a man has something, has power, but God designed the body of Christ that we work together and that we minister to each other through each other because we are his body. He's the head. We are the body. So there are things that are coming from him. Just like in that verse, it said it flows from the head down, that anointing oil, that blessing. But if we're cutting ourselves off from different parts of the body, it's just like in the natural. If you cut your if you cut your arm off, your hand won't receive anything from the rest of your body because you've cut it off. That's how God designed the body of Christ. And, and there are things that people need to receive in the area of their finances, in the area of healing, in the area of, of maybe uh, weakness, in, in the area of sin or temptation, that, that they are judging themselves unworthy by despising the body. 
That's why in that in in First Corinthians eleven it says to examine yourself, uh, and talking about communion. Well, what is communion? It's unity. Communion is unity. And there's so many times that we are simply fighting the wrong enemy. Like I started this podcast with, we have to know our enemy. We have to turn our gaze off of each other and turn and face the real enemy. One time I was in a marriage meeting and and the pastors um, did an example. They actually got some lightsabers, like some toy lightsabers from Star Wars. And, and they gave an example of how they, they would be fighting each other. And then they had one of the assistant pastors come up with a lightsaber. And, and, and all of a sudden, instead of fighting each other, they turned and both started fighting him. And it was this example of, of what it's like when, not only in a marriage, but in the body of Christ, when we stop fighting each other and turn on our real enemy, that's when we accomplish things. And that's when there's a blessing. I'm going to keep moving on here. Like I said, we can't be in unity with the world. We're never going to be in unity with the world. The world is, for the most part, evil. (laughs) But we must be in unity of faith and righteousness. Listen, if you value the things of the world more than you do the things of God, something's wrong. If you're more in unity with people who don't love God and don't acknowledge God because you're offended with the church or all these things, something's wrong. You're yielding to something wrong. You are off track if that's the case. Because God wants us to be in unity, whether you agree with everything or not. If you're off by yourself, the Bible says in Psalm 68 that God sets the solitary in families and he brings those who are bound into prosperity. And otherwise, there's blessing that comes when you're connected to the right body. But it says the rebellious dwell in a dry land. So if you're off by yourself doing your own thing because you're like, well, no, I don't like them. I don't like what they do. They're all wrong. They're all this and that. And I don't want anything to do with that. And you're more involved in the things of the world because you're offended with, with the body of Christ. I'm telling you, you're cutting yourself off from some things that you need. We're called to walk in love with each other. Nobody's perfect. Nobody has everything right. But we're not supposed to be finding fault with each other. We're supposed to be walking in love with each other. And that's when the blessing comes. That's when unity brings harmony, brings that blessing and there are a lot of things, that, a lot of problems that people are dealing with that if we would live a life of more unity and peace, that there are things that would flow to us that we need. I'm not saying you have to agree with everything. I'm not saying you have to have to, have to to acknowledge something that bothers you or, or, or you have to even join yourself to every ministry or everything. I'm not saying that. But we must not despise the body of Christ. And it's important to find out where am I supposed to be? Who am I supposed to be connected with? Where am I supposed to be involved in a part of a family and of a body? And if offense is keeping you away from that, uh, you don't know what all you're cutting yourself off from. It's important to be where God wants us to be. And people deal with issues. Things go wrong in their life. Things are, they're having problems. They're frustrated. They're burdened. They're depressed. Things aren't right in their relationships. Uh, their finances aren't right. All this stuff. And yet, you know, they're off doing their own thing. They're, they're disconnected from the body. And God's like, come back to the body. Come back to the body and connect again. Cause there's some things that I want to minister to you that need to flow to you. That if you, if you'd reconnect where I want you to connect, if you'd stop despising the body, and start connecting with people that you need to connect with and face your real enemy, there would be a blessing. I'm telling you, we're at a place in the body of Christ where we have to do this again. 
in this country. We cannot allow politics to divide us. We cannot allow disagreements about doctrine to divide us. Now, now we should acknowledge what's right and good, and I'm not saying we should throw away revelation or embrace anything that's wrong. No, absolutely not. That's not what I'm saying. Yes, there are some wrong things that have tried to infiltrate the church that we need to call out and deal with that. But like I said, there's a difference between addressing a wrong doctrine and slandering the body of Christ, slandering people. God loves his kids. I'm going to tell a story in just a second. Um, I'm going to read a couple more scriptures first. Um, He says in Ephesians, I'm going to read a few scriptures here, actually. It says in Ephesians 4, verse 1, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. There is one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ." that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom, watch this, the whole body, joined and knit together by that which every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Man, that's a lot of scripture, but it's so rich. You see this picture of this unity and this connection, and there's a flow, there's a supply when everyone is doing its share. When you're connected where you're supposed to be with the right people and the right things, there's a supply, there's a flow that's happening, and it's flowing to you and it's flowing through you. Because you're connected. And he talked about not being tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Listen, when you're off by yourself, you're more susceptible to wrong doctrines. You're more susceptible to wrong things. You're more susceptible to deception. And the wolf always goes after the lone sheep. But but when you're connected where you're supposed to be connected, when you're connected with the body, you're one with the body, you're walking in love with the body, God can flow through you and he can flow to you. Man. It says in Ephesians just a, a four twenty nine through thirty two, just a few verses later, it says, "Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And watch this: be kind to one another." tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. You can choose to be offended. You can choose to, to be upset with the rest of the body of Christ, but you can't justify it through Scripture, and you are not pleasing God if you're doing it. Grieving the Holy Spirit is when we're allowing corrupt communication to proceed out of our mouth toward each other, about each other, division, strife, But it says, put that away from you. Put that wrath away from you. Put the division away from you. Stop feeding it. One of the things that God hates is people who sow discord among brethren. That is one of the seven things that God hates. 
And we should never allow ourselves to be used to do that. One time I was, I've told this story before, um, but I, I visited about five or six churches within the span of about two weeks. And uh, first I went to my home church at the time, which was Gateway Church in South Lake Texas, Pastor Robert Morris. And uh, great church, love it. Great worship, great ministry. I went there for for years and, and enjoyed it. And uh, it was a great time. They had that 1230 service that my flesh really liked, to be honest with you. And, and uh, yeah, but anyway. Um, and then right after that, I had a friend who is Hispanic invite me to his all Hispanic church. And the whole service was in, in Spanish and I didn't recognize any of it. Uh, but worship was anointed, man. Worship was anointed and I could just sense the presence of God there. Well, after that, I visited uh, Hillsong, Dallas. I don't mind saying the names of these churches. I visited Hillsong, Dallas. I was living in Dallas at the time. And uh, man, I'm telling you what, the greeter literally had a Nirvana shirt on, <laughs> which I just thought was hilarious. But, you know, because I know so many churches that that's this, that would not fly. But, you know, so it was kind of hipster. Um, but man, same thing though. Worship, so anointed. Uh, the message, so good. Presence of God was there. And uh, then I went over and I was I was in Florida for a, a conference at a church that's a Word of Faith church that preaches what a lot of people call prosperity gospel. And people don't like that. They get mad about that. But man, I'll tell you what, uh, the presence of God was there and it was flowing. And it was a little bit more, uh, you know, uh, old camp meeting style. The songs were a little bit more chicken taco, but that's okay too, because I like chicken tacos and I like uh, camp meeting style worship. It's good stuff. The joy of the Lord is, is often in those places and in those things. And and it was good word and it was uh, anointed and the presence of God was there. But then I went on from there, I went up, drove up over onto Lakeland, Florida, and I had a friend who went to SEU University, Southeastern University, and they have a youth conference in February. And that's the first time I've been up there. And I went to this youth conference, and there's a lot of big name speakers there and things of that nature. And they have a young, very youthful worship team, kind of like Hillsong Young and Free. And and man, it was, it was everything you'd expect from a youth conference. You know, young, geared, all this stuff. But I'll tell you what, the presence of God was there. Listen, I know the presence of God. And when you get to know him, you know him when he shows up. And I went home after all that, about, oh, span of two weeks. And uh, I said, Lord, uh, all those ministries, churches, things are so different. And, and there's some things I, I probably would agree with at some places and some things I wouldn't agree with and that I do differently. And, and I'm sure that you probably could have correction for each one of those churches. But what I noticed, Lord, is that every single one of those places you showed up. And I felt like the Holy Spirit on the inside of me in a still small voice said this. He said, son, I love all of my kids. And anybody who will invite me in, I will come visit my kids. And of course, we know he never leaves us nor forsakes us. He's always with us. But he manifested himself in those places. And whether they were doing everything just right or not, uh, God loves them and he manifested his presence there. And if God will manifest his presence somewhere, why is it that we will refuse to manifest our presence somewhere? That we won't visit them. We won't go and talk to them. We won't associate with them. Why? because we're ashamed of them, because we don't associate with that. But yet God does. He shows up. He visits. If God can go there, why can't we? If God can, can love them, why can't we? 
God loves all of his kids. And, and it's not our job to judge the other body parts of the body of Christ. We're actually told to judge ourselves. And it's really easy to judge somebody else, judge something in somebody else, what is difficult to judge in yourself. I'm going to say that again. It's easy to judge in another part of the body of Christ what is very difficult to judge in yourself. But when we have a spirit of unity in faith, unity in, in the anointing, when we choose to say, hey, you know what? Maybe we don't agree on everything, but we can agree on Jesus. And, and, and let's, let's come into unity on what we can't agree with. Something happens. There's a blessing that comes when brethren are in unity. This podcast has been called Civil War, and I would encourage you to not allow Satan to hide himself and get you to fight the wrong enemy. You need to know your enemy. Just like Billy Joe Armstrong so elegantly told us, you need to know your enemy. And don't allow yourself to be deceived into fighting your brother and your sister. God loves you, he loves them, and he wants you to love each other. Let's all get along. Come on, guys. This has been the No Content Podcast. My name is Benjamin Pace. I hope you enjoyed this today. I will talk to you the next time you click play. Thanks again for listening to the No Content Podcast. Please remember these three things. Number one, God loves you. Number two, you are valuable. And number three, so is everyone else. And number four, don't forget to feed the ducks.